Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Tale of Dice. We are gathered here today to continue the adventures of our heroes, now known as the Pack. Once again, same name as the last campaign. However, uh, what all of you might uh, realize is that we are missing not one, but two people. Um, we are missing half of the entire party, because in Pathfinder, when you uh, need to like cut things in half and then get... Uh, whole numbers you always round down so by missing two people we are missing half of the party so uh that sucks uh crystal and Ave are uh with us in spirit and in the chat Ave is with us in the chat i believe and crystal i've not seen her just yet so hopefully she will join us as well but um they cannot make it however due to uh some well, bodily harm that has been done to them by uh, certain travel expenses or illness. And uh, therefore, uh, they cannot be of entertainment value to you all. So with that, um, we will also need all y'all's help uh, a little bit more to uh, get the story on the road. Because with only three players, there will be a lot of space for our viewers to jump in perhaps with some nice illusions or bonuses or wild magic surges that explode uh, different kinds of burglars just running around in town, who knows? Let's see how um, how our heroes will survive this day. So, kind of a boys club today. Um, do like a little bit of more variety in our uh, Pathfinder streams, but um, the boys are back in town, I guess. Boys are back in town. Yeah. yeah. We're just exploding with testosterone here. Okay. Oh Let's yeah. Let's girls. <laughs> Almost There's so much testosterone here. At the end of the stream, we're all bold. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's hope not. Oh my god! And uh, we are already being raided by Manapod Studios. Ooh. Hi guys. Thanks, Welcome. guys. Um, beautiful time to jump in because we were just getting started with our uh, very own episode of this new campaign. So uh, right after our introduction. Uh, you will get a nice little summary of uh, what is to be expected. So stick around for a couple of seconds and you can decide if this is just some random stupid stream or something that you would like to watch. So, um, without further ado then, shall we play a game? And we're back. So jump back into our campaign. Last we left off, our heroes, now known as the Pack, had been contracted by the guards of this vast city that you now find yourselves in, Farwater, to go out and search for pretty much any information about a plague that has been infecting multiple citizens of this gigantic city. Throughout the city, different people are starting to hear a ringing in their ears and then slowly turning mad, inflicting both bodily harm on themselves and those around them. And also, whatever disease, magical or otherwise, this might be, it also seems to slowly turn the host's own body into crystalline forms. The guards who have been trying to figure out where this disease comes from or pretty much anything about this disease have come up empty-handed, bringing the captain of the guard, Bradley, to suspect there is some sort of foul intelligence at play, 
some sort of dark force that might be guiding this disease, as it might not really just be a simple occurrence. Because of this, all of you have been, um, well, contracted as mercenaries, so to speak, because he hopes that you, as newcomers to town, might not arouse the same suspicions as the local guards do. With this new assignment uh, that all of you had, this newly formed group of adventurers, now going by the name of The Pack, set out into town to first and foremost get settled and start your investigation of what might be happening and what might be done to stop it. Your first stop was at the Lake House, a large temple-slash-tavern to the goddess of gambling, the open roads, travel, adventurers themselves, Avandra, where you met with the um, well local tavern keep and high priest, so to speak. The high host was his title, Zorel, who could not only uh, tell you a little bit about uh, himself and the place that you all find yourselves in, but could also tell you about one individual that had succumbed to the ringing, as this disease is known. A bard who was trying to make it, by the name of Nissa, eventually didn't show up at the lake house anymore, and after a nondescript amount of time, eventually indeed became mad and succumbed to the ringing. Now her previously owned home is barred up by the local guards and left there for now. Although Zorel did give you a nice little pointer that adventurers such as yourself, who might not, well, color within the lines all that much, might find different ways inside said building. Next to that, after a night well spent in the lake house, resting up and venturing forth into the rest of town, all of you were now underway towards another place. The offices of the Cerulean Circle, a large guild of mages where uh, our very own Tarush is employed at, might also shed some light on the situation and could also help you with some other things. Therefore, the three of you have set out towards these offices, while the two characters that we need to miss today, Olam and Edge, are staying in the lake house where Zorel can also point them towards their local library that this temple-slash-tavern keeps. Because you see, as a library temple to Avandra, it also houses a gigantic storehouse of all the different stories that the different patrons and the like have brought into this place. So perhaps this place might also uh, add some information for all of you. So, while they are very busy doing their own research in the lake house, the three of you have stepped out of the lake house, stepped onto the open streets as the morning cold of this deep, deep winter is setting in. You find yourselves at the entrance of the offices of the Cerulean Circle, a large Cerulean spire rising very, very high up, but only 30 feet in diameter. And as Tarush, with a smile on his face, already knowing what is about to happen, opens the door, all of you see that this powerful guild of mages does not need actual space as the doors opens up into a interior that is far, far larger than the exterior spire would allude to. You step in and you are immediately greeted by a um, 
welcoming desk with behind it a large plaque of granite that has been carved uh, with the beautiful letters of the Cerulean Circle as well as their uh, insignia, their uh, large circle with indraconic, old draconic runes, the, the roots of arcane magics, all the different schools depicted on it as well. And as you gaze behind this uh, welcoming desk, you can see that there are two main walkways that move further into the offices. One to the right that has uh, a thin hallway with all different kinds of rooms, probably meeting rooms and who knows what lies beyond all of this. And to the left, it opens up into a wide space where all different kinds of clerks are set at desks as if they were all making some sort of exam with uh, singular desks with just enough space to walk in between where you can already see that there are five by five, six, maybe even further on downward, different clerks just writing, making notes, doing all the different kinds of business. Because as all of you might know, Farwater being the gigantic city, the offices here for the Cerulean Circle do not, do not only operate for the city limits, but for the entire province as well. As you step forward, you are greeted, although not as warmly as you would probably like as beyond the welcoming desk a very tall slender high elf woman is just straightening up a couple of papers putting them together and putting them away as she gazes already bored and annoyed by your presence can i help you her golden hair tight in a ponytail to the back her robes that are uh, simple but elegant of the cerulean color um, seems to be tightened at certain places by different belts that she has herself probably affixed to accentuate her uh, natural physique a little bit more than the other clerks who just have the robes uh, daintily hanging upon their person. As she gazes at all of you, you take a couple of steps in and then path member, uh, pack members, blah, 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 what would you like to do? Trush nods and looks over at the rest. Ready? Yeah, whenever you are. Yeah. Go ahead. Very well. So Trush uh, steps forward, uh, rest of the group in tow. Pleasure. Uh, I am Trush Dunsilvis. Um, I'm a seeker of the Cerulean Circle, recently assigned to the province. I I wish access to our facilities, if possible, as well as um, I am also in need of the analysis of a magical object and um, perhaps an expert on the local crystal plague that has been uh, going through the city. Do we have any such thing? Who says all of this? I would like all of you to make a perception check to see, um, well, if you can make out, out anything of her reaction. 24. 24. Natural 20, baby, per 24. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, uh, for me, it will be a simple 11. 11? Yep. So, Jack. As you have come to this vast city from a simple rural existence, 
to step into this bustling office of arcane might is perhaps a little bit overwhelming. And you also, like, begin to gaze upward and realize that this entire office space is being illuminated by a network of globules of arcane light that seem to just apparate out of nowhere. And while this is happening, Crowen, Tarush, you have seen these sorts of magics long before, and you keep a close eye on the person that you need to talk to to find your way through all of this bureaucracy. And as soon as uh, Tarush uh, names himself as a Dan Silvis, you can see that one eyebrow just raises slightly on the brow of this uh, receptionist. And after that, she seems to switch tone a little bit. I see. Very well. Um, welcome, Sika Dan Silvis. We were expecting you as she begins to rummage through a different pile of papers and eventually finds what she is looking for. If you would like to sign in here, please. Thank you. Absolutely. All of us or just myself? Uh, I do not believe that the rest of your party are employed with the Cerudian Circle, are they? They are not. Then you will do fine. All right. I sign and I look over at Jack for a moment. Though my recent companion has shown interest in our studies. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a wizard as well. And y'all are wizards, so I figured I could probably learn something of you. Well, Go ahead and make a diplomacy check for me, Doge. Oh, sorry, that was not the name I was expecting. <laughs> uh, that's an 18. 18. I see. Well, as a Suker of the Cerulean Circle, you, of course, have your um, well, funds and uh, different measurements at your disposal. Uh, I am sure that uh, we can find some sort of arrangement to perhaps also uh, let Jack into uh, some of our um, facilities as a personal favor to you, of course. It shall be um, remembered. Very good. I am uh, Lyra, Lyra Venthrith, by the way. Receptionist here at the Cerulean Circle, for now. Um, and uh, I took the liberty to um, already uh, appoint an analyst of the Cerulean Circle at your course. He should be ready for you momentarily. You would just give me a moment. And she makes a couple of hand gestures, then seems to wait. He will be with us shortly. In the meantime, might I ask what uh, a seeker of the capital is doing in Farwater, of all places? I do not know if I am at liberty to state the full extent of my journey here, but um, for now, let us say that I am here to aid in the, well, the absolvance of this city's problem with the Crystal Plague. If you've heard of it, it I, I... I have, but it was under my, um, forgive me, perhaps I have not the clearance to know of these sorts of affairs, but it was my understanding that the Cerulean Circle was keeping out of these affairs, at least for now, until proper funding was made apparent by the Empire. 
Please, um, do not be afraid to overstep your bounds, Miss Layla. Uh, Lyra, 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 Lyra Apologies, um, there are many things on my mind. I must, um, well, I agree. And officially, we are not to be involved in a capacity as to, well, solve the plague entirely. However, the mission I was sent here with has some um, overlap with this plague, and as such, if I can help the fair residents of this city, then I might as well see what I can do, no? I see. Very well, very well. Very noble. He asked us to kind of preliminary research task force, to, hmm. to, be, to be clear. Very well. A wise decision from the Cerulean Circle end of you personally as well, if I might add. And at that moment, you can see that another person is just turning the corner uh, as a young man steps forward. Lyra, you called for me. Ah, you must be Tarush. A pleasure. My name is Analyst Neil Hestus. I am appointed to your cause. For as long as you will be residing here in our fair city, I will be the one to speak with on any and all affairs containing the uh, services of the Cerulean Circle. Lyra, thank you so much for your time for now. I will take over from here. Yes, quite well. <clears throat> if you would follow me, please. Very well. So as, as we walk, I kind of lower my voice as we walk away. You disapprove of Lyra. Hmm? I do not at all. What gave you that impression? Hmm. Simply your dismissive tone towards her. She was obviously offended. Ah. Uh, let's speak in... Let's see. These chambers are free. A door opens up and you were led into a uh, small meeting room of sorts. Um, some bookshelves line both sides, most of them empty, but here and there there are some nice little knickknacks. Um, you can even see that on one shelf a nice little um, metal holder holds within it a beautiful polished crystal that seems to have like a, a swirling cloud of sorts inside it. Um, those of you who are trained in Arcana, I think all three of you, go ahead and make an Arcana check for me. I noticed one. I rolled a natural 20, coming out on 27. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeehaw! Yeehaw. Uh, okay. 7 plus 7 for 14. Oh, sorry, Fins. Uh, I just have a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Tarush, you can't quite add 1 and 2 together. However, uh, Jack Crowen, uh, you have seen or at least heard of these things before. Um, for high-level wizards for very powerful magicians they are able to cast their gaze to far far away places by magic uh, known as scrying and for that they need uh, some sort of focus to use and this seems to be one of these focuses um that thing is probably worth multiple hundred gold pieces and it's just sitting here in a simple office space room as like you and i might find a discarded laptop somewhere May I ask, is this only uh, 
sending or also receiving. As in, could this also be used like a, like a nanny cam? Well, would you would name it? Well, um, the magic of scrying is only for you to gaze at distant places. So that's okay. about it. And it is it is not that this object itself can do all sort of those things, but it is used as a focus. So a magician needs a, a scrying focus, such as this crystal that you see right here, to be able to cast those spells. But still, these reagents are very expensive, and you just find it somewhere here to accentuate even more that you are in a, well, high-level place. Ooh. And uh, Amunra, thank you so much for your subscription. Thanks. Welcome. Um, so, as all of you are seated here, you can get a, a little bit of a better look at uh, Lord Hestus, the analyst. You can see that he is wearing uh, a nice set of glasses, short brown hair, probably somewhere in his early to mid-twenties, human. Um, but still, even though he is a wizard, you can see that he fills up his robes quite nicely. He, he hits the gym to, to keep himself in, uh, in somewhat of a nice physique. And as he uh, sits at the table together with all of you, he uh, now addresses the question that you asked earlier, Tarush. To speak of Lyra, um, it is not so that um, I am dismissive of her. It is just that she is a receptionist and, well, um, I do not like to say that she oversteps her bounds, but she is not really happy with her current predicaments. She hopes to enter into, well, Perhaps one or your or mine professions at some point to become a seeker, an analyst, a researcher, whatever, well, brings her further than uh, just a simple uh, receptionist uh, job. But um, for now, those things aren't in the stars for her, it seems. Now, enough about her. Um, you came to me with a very specific set of questions, I believe, as well as perhaps some services that this Dreaming Circle might offer. Yes. How might this analyst help you? We have multiple questions. So I, I also have Crowen here, by the way. I do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All, all of you are here. All right. Are here. Of course, he just also made a check. Um, first off, we obtained an item, and I put down the Omni skill, it was called, mm -hmm. on, the, on the desk or the table, as well as uh, from my inside pocket, I grabbed the symbol um that jack ripped out of the uh the journal the the mad crystal wizards journal mm -hmm. and i look over at him we are aware that the symbol is representative of ancient magic dangerous magic but it is also linked to the crystal plague currently ravaging the city or showing early signs of a pandemic. The Omni skill, as this is called, we got off of him and we wish to make sure it is not cursed before we make use of it. He was quite mad, driven, absolutely <laughs> insane by the magics he used. He was perhaps infected with the plague. My journey here has brought us into contact with it, and I believe that my assignment is perhaps linked to it. I see. Well, it's not my place to uh, 
question your duties, but I can still offer my services to check if this item is in any way dangerous is easily done. If you would allow me a moment. And as he stands up from his seat, he begins to whirl his hands in the air and everywhere where his fingers pass a certain point, you can see almost a, a, a glistening ring as he is just carving arcane runes into the sky itself in colors of purple, silver and blue. And eventually, as the incantation completes, he goes, Vorestin by. And the entire... Uh, Omni scale, the necklace with this crystalline dragon scale, lights up for a moment and then slowly dims as he focuses. Well, I can gladly say that this item is, as far as uh, I am concerned, completely without curses or harmful effects. Whatever this plague might be, it seems that the scale is not directly a part of its transmission. So. Excellent. Tarish looks down at his uh, breastplate, which has uh, these two large dragons opposite each other. He looks at the, well, the scale, the dragon scale, and he then pushes it over to Jack. Seems we both have a little bit of dragon adornment now. That sounds uh, pretty cool. Do you, uh... uh... Yeah, I, I put it on. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of scared that you're asking like just to make sure are you sure are you sure are you, you want to sure? put it on <laughs> well I do, I do, keep eye, I do keep eye contact with you I'm like yeah. it, it is, it right. is it's cool right it's 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 yeah. by all means yeah. by all means cool? okay. <laughs> as a seeker of the cerulean circle your job might be perilous at some points it is good that you have gathered allies to aid you in whatever endeavor this might be and Different magical artifacts that can be found on the way might aid you in all these sorts of endeavors as well. As you put it on, Jack, the scale itself begins to shimmer with all different kinds of colors for a moment. And you can almost feel it like reach out to your mind, trying to find like pockets of opening where it might instill you with a little bit of knowledge. So the scale right now, as it is a uh, magical um, artifact, is trying to teach you a new cantrip. So what you can do is you can uh, look up all different cantrips that you might learn and basically just choose one and that one will be inscribed on the scale. Do realize that once you have chosen it, uh, you cannot change it later. Yeah. So you might want to, uh, to think about it a little bit before you uh, just choose one. But um, as you are attuning to the scale, it is trying to find, like, a piece of magical info that it can teach you. Yeah. All right. Well, while Jack's attuning to the scale, mm -hmm. uh, Cohen does have a question to ask. Uh, as, uh, sorry, I forgot his name. Neil. Neil Hestus. At your Neil disposal. Um, Neil. Um, I was wondering, uh, how goes the negotiations with the Empire to solve this problem? I have understood that there was ongoing talk about helping only if the price is right? Uh, yes. Um, it seems that the ringing, this plague that has been befallen the city, is just well, not large enough to be of a nuisance to anybody. A few dozen dead seemingly don't inspire much action anymore these days. Farwater itself and the Silver Sentinels, the 
forces of law here have been combating different fleets of pirates for a, well, long time now, and they are just spread too thin. The waters are more important, as these are the most used trade routes, and if those dry up, funding to the Silver Sentinels themselves also dries up. Therefore, we have made clear as a Cerulean Circle that this plague might also be a point of interest to us, and we could be hired as an organization to delve into this a little bit deeper. But up until now, I have not learned of any of these negotiations being really fruitful. Although I must add, now that Yutahush are set to investigate this, perhaps I am not aware of these negotiations turning a little bit better. Well, I am a seeker, so it is my job to find, as my colleague so eloquently put it, preliminary information. Perhaps upon a strongly worded report, other decisions might be made. Well, and then again, if you might come upon some form of information, some research that might be beneficial to the Cerulean Circle, you must know that these sorts of, well, um, acts will be rewarded. I assume so. There's a certain, he now po uh, uh, points himself towards your other two companions. There's a certain amount of freedom given the work of a seeker and given the right attitude, the right bravado, so to speak. They are able to rise to the ranks quite quickly. But um, enough of ranks. There was still another question though you would like to ask me about and now he points towards the piece of paper on the table. A certain sigil? Yes. I believe I this uh, shows how to cast uh, a spell to summon these sorts of crystals. Crystals linked to the ringing, he called it. Is that what they call it? The ringing? It's what the locals indeed call it, the ringing, which turns to one of the larger symptoms now known as calcification. The flesh itself turns into crystalline form. Interesting. Very well. Yes, it is linked to the ringing. Yes, go ahead. I would not recommend casting it. We ourselves have been um, abstaining from it. Believe me, my uh, curiosity has more than once gotten the best of me, and I have learned from my mistakes. Hmm... Intricate arcane sigils, old pre-draconic texts, aquan and undercommon tomes, perhaps even, hmm, well, at least what I, with my personal knowledge, can gleam of this is that it is a old spell, not from any humanoid race that we know, where all of our magics are rooted deeply in the draconic lexicon. This seems to gleam a little bit from Undercommon and Aquin. Undercommon, I'm aware of. Aquin? Uh, yes, the legends, really, only, um, exist of vast 
terrifying underwater civilizations that um, seemed to rule primordial times. There are still remnants here and there from these supposedly civilizations. This might be a relic from such a time, which begs the question, how did people come into possession of this knowledge? Ah. I have a working theory. Several. Well, hypotheses, I should say. I... Either way, before, that, before we get to that, how would you... How would you recommend we delve into this magic? A controlled situation. Perhaps we summon some of the crystals. We study them. He really needs to think about this while Bowser chews his candy. I perhaps would like to try it out. Perhaps with Jack. Perhaps uh. with someone stronger to supervise. Someone more powerful. Someone knowledgeable, such as yourself. You could do the main casting while we support. And we would do so in a controlled area. Perhaps, uh, perhaps some kind of test animal. Uh, and I look over at Jack. A rat, perhaps? I, I look over at the Jesse on my shoulder and I just say, Well, I can come drop any rat anytime, anywhere, whenever you want, so... Uh, yeah, we can, I can always conjure a rat. Well, to be quite frank, um, we have people for that. Uh, here within the Cerulean Circle, we also have a branch of researchers that would very much like to take a better look at this and uh, would like to come up with perhaps a, um, well, a more comprehensive view of what this here spell actually entails without the need of some rigorous experimentation. If you would allow the Cerulean Circle to have this, of course. That would be a more dull way of finding out, but probably for the best. In the meantime, my humble opinion would be to find out more. This is but one spell which can find its roots in very, very, very places. If you would really want to figure out what all of this has as its root, you will need more clues and more information first. Of course. The Seeker's work is not done yet. Could I possibly have a moment of your time to speak alone with you two? With, with us? Uh, are you asking Neil or are you asking your companions? Tyrus and Jack, yeah, did you? Yeah, yeah. Very well. Neil. Yeah. Friend, um, how about you take a minute to transcribe a copy of this sigil while my companions and I discuss other matters? Would that be acceptable? Of course. I understand that discretion is important in many of these assignments. Yes. Do not immediately hand off your copy just yet if that is okay. I do not wish to, um... I do not wish to prematurely splooge the investigation onto some over-eager bureaucrat's ambition. Very well. Um, 
be free to step outside in the hallway for a moment. Rob. And he begins to transcribe the spell that you have brought him. All of you step outside, and after Crowen takes a good look around to make sure that nobody else is close or watching, you are left to your own devices. A thought has crossed my mind. We know for almost certain this is a magical plague. It has a magical origin. It has also deeply rooted itself in the city and probably in the waters. I'm thinking... Is it possible, no offense to the organization, but is it possible that someone from inside is afflicting this plague? This plague. If I were, if I were a magician and I wanted to inflict a magical plane, uh, plague on a city, the Syrian Circle would be the ideal place to start my research. I get your point. I'm thinking what we should do, we should try and see if we can get reports from all, from most relevant researchers on the subject, if any suspicious activities can be found in the reports or this research matter, to to be frank. Well, as a seeker, I, um, enjoy special privileges, but, um... I can promise you that everything that happens within this spire is very much controlled, um, double-checked, well, no, apologies, quadruple-checked, and um, tenaciously um, overanalyzed. I do think we should be suspicious, but if someone of the cerulean circle is the origin of this plague i do not suspect it would be from within this building however maybe a discredited wizard maybe mm, i like the way you think yes perhaps we ask for a list of those expelled or um disappeared recently would that make sense? I think it's a good Jack? place to start. Yeah. Excellent. It's not done. All right. Um. What do you think? Shall I give him permission to research the sigil further? Do we want to keep this close to our chest for now? I personally think that it would be safe here at the Cerulean Circle, so I would say that they would uh, be able to research the sigil further. Yeah. If you believe in the in the bureaucracy of this building, I think it's safe to keep it there. I hate the bureaucracy, but its rigid rigidness has its uh, function. Very well. Let's give it a try. Uh, leap of faith. Hmm. Very well. Um, if that was all, Crowen. That was all. Then I say we uh, go back and speak with our friend, our not so young Neil. And we go back inside, I guess. 
Yeah. As the door opens yeah. back up, you can see now that Neil is just getting the final touches right, making sure that no detail is being spared, but right now he's just uh, bettering the already uh, well-transcribed version of the spell. As the door opens and his attention is drawn to all of you, and he says, Well then, welcome back. Anything else that I can help you with after your conversation? Yes. Um, first off, we have, as a group, decided that we would like um, for the sigil to be researched here. Very well. My, um... So, can I... Mm -hmm. Like, make a little general perception check about this dude, like... Get a bit of a sense. Do I trust him? Has he been forthcoming so far? Is that something I could do? I mean, you can you can make a, a general perception check on to see how uh, if if he is trying to deceive you in any way up until yeah. What what does my intuition tell me? Yeah. Uh, it tells me very little. That's a six plus four for ten. <laughs> Total trust. Up until now, he seems to be a um, somewhat forthcoming colleague. Like, oh, you and I work in the same company. Uh, we need to rely on each other. Firm handshake. Let's get to business. That sort of uh, sort of things. I'll but take other it. Other than that, no real, no real big um, leaps of emotion that came from this guy that have uh, given you any hint on what his own motivation might be. Up until now, he's been pretty much all pleasant business. All right. So, um, what was the na his name again? Drone number... No, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> Neil, Neil Hestis. Hi. Mr. Hestis. Hmm? Mr.? Yes. Um, feel free to research it. However, I do require requests. Desperately, your utmost discretion. Um, make sure... You ask researchers that we know are to be trusted, you know are to be trusted, and I, I, we have a, we want to make, we have a little suspicion and we want to make absolutely sure that we are indeed a hundred percent wrong. This is magical, very powerful magic, ancient magic. Alluring magic, if I might say so myself. Mm. Perhaps a powerful magic user, not in this spire, but from it, is somehow linked to it. I would not wish it to fall in the wrong hands, or in the hands of some overly ambitious researcher, or receptionist who wishes to rise above her station as they abuse the power. Do you catch my drift? Am I making sense? These are some pretty hefty suspicions that you carry within yourself, Tosh. I am not from the city, and I must say I am not acquainted with the Cerulean culture here, but Intrigue and ambition are far too common in the Cerulean circle that lies within our capital. 
Go ahead and make a diplomacy check for me. 15 plus... That's 21. 21. Indeed. And I would suspect with your behavior up until now that you would also like me to not ask as many questions. Oh, no, I believe you have proven your uh, faith, your discretion, and your um, competence without any doubt. Tell you what. I can indeed honor your request and make sure that some discreet people are set upon this research. However, that would of course require effort of me. Effort that in some point I might want to see repaid. Oh, when I make a report of this and my party and I are rewarded, you of course will see your due. Or in some other way. Very well. Of course. One also, more thing. Without wanting to overimpose, we were wondering if you could supply us with a list of um, discredited researchers or denied researchers that might. Well, actually, not just that might be of, of import, just any discredited or denied researchers since the beginning of the plague, or around at that time. I'm beginning to get your drift more and more. Perhaps hmm. any Cerulean Circle casters that have recently disappeared or died as well. I can see what I can find. You have to understand, though, that this is a large establishment. A lot of people come and go, get transpositioned uh, to other locales, such as yourself. But perhaps Absolutely. we can, perhaps we can find some that stick out a little bit more than others. I reach into my pouch. Five gold pieces to uh make sure this happens and to make sure that all the required paperwork is done by whoever you need it done by. Um, would that also help? He, he puts his hand up. Coin will not be necessary at this time, but I would like us to reach an understanding that this is a favor that I am doing to you personally. A favor that I would like to have repaid in some way, shape, or form. Eventually. Of course. Then we are in agreement. I will procure this list for you, see what can be found, see what other leads can be found in this inquiry, and then the research will be done while our seeker goes out investigating more leads. And let us see if we can't find some more information about this plague that gets the higher-ups moving as well. The Dragon's Wings will give you shade. Your favor shall be returned. Spoken like a true silver dragon. Now then, you have made this dull day very less so. I have some work to do, and I believe that while the day is still young, you have some investigating to do, Seeker. And seek I shall. Um, we. You, 
you will receive the list of these individuals somewhere later this day via telepathic message. Very well. If I... I'm surprised at your expediency. I appreciate the effort. Truly. As I said, I'm here to help. Crowen, Jack, anything I forgot? I think our business with Neil is done. Yeah, and, I think we're done here. And our business with the chat is that we all are fed, I believe. Uh, if, uh... Time to get cheesy in here. No. Oh, damn. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know what I find worse, eating a whole kiwi or just a slice of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you don't enjoy that? I love that stuff. It's amazing. Mm. Cheese is great. I, I do <laughs> love it, but I do quite like to com like to pair it with, like said, a sandwich or something. I'm Dutch. I'm willing to fight anyone that doesn't like cheese. Let's take this outside. No. <laughs> uh Crowen has, when they exit the office of Neil, or whatever room we were, there is an old guard trick I still want to use. When asking for a list of people that are, might be suspect, it's also always a good idea to ask a second person the same list and see what they left out. Do you mind if I ask Lyra to provide me with such list? Yes. Smart, yeah. Crowen. Smart. I like it. Let us Thank do you. so. Um. Go ahead, uh, for the sake of expediency, go ahead and make a diplomacy check for me real quick. Uh, me? Yeah. Can I, can <gasps> I try and aid him with promises of promotion and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all 20, so oh, I, I, I'm going yeah. to see if my dice isn't loaded, because this is, like, <laughs> way... This comes up way too often. <laughs> oh, only only a goody two shoes cop would be like, "Am I playing fair with all these crits?" Mm -hmm. I would just be maniacally laughing. <laughs> That's twenty five in total. Twenty five, very nice. Then, as you make your way past the receptionist desk, um, you speak a word with Lyra together with Tarush, and indeed she says. Well, of course, if a seeker and their companions request this, then I can put in some administrative work and see what I can find. That's obliged. And with that, after at least realizing that the magical item that you have at your disposal is not cursed or uh, going to explode around your neck, as far as you know, all of you step out into the city streets once more. As we uh, step out of the streets, I, I turn to Tarush and I say, well, there's there's this one thing. I might be a very practical young man, but we just made a, a deal so that he can ask us for a favor later on, but that, that sounds kind of shady. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, when it's going to be. It, yeah. How, how does that work? A good question. And one we shall resolve when the time comes. If the favor is too much, then we will simply not grant it. Damn. Yes, but okay. 
Either way, if it is reasonable, then I see no reason not to help him out. It, it is not shady. I prefer to call it politics. Not corruption when it's lobbying. Anyhow, as you step outside onto the city streets once again, the hard stone cobbles underneath your feet, the cold wind is the first thing that hits you once again. You can see the plasterwork buildings rise up to three stories as the complete city is built very, very close together. You can already hear from the harbors the different sounds of uh, fishermen and tradesmen offloading and loading different ships. The different uh, nearby uh, squares with markets are already peddling their wares as the sun is now uh, well up and about. You can see that this is a very clear day, which makes it even more cold than normal. But as you step outside, the day is once again yours. How oh, far are we from, uh, from Nissa's house? Um, well, Charlie had his hands up. <laughs> well, no, oh, no, 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 oh, fair. Not just a short statement. No, no. I coming back on my previous remark. I absolutely absolve anyone with lactose intolerance, or um, as someone in chat uh, so beautifully puts it, um, if you end up playing Moonlight Sonata with your sphincter after eating cheese, I, I, I absolve you of your uh, crime of hating cheese. It's it's. Uh... <laughs> It's it's not it's not that you hate cheese. It's that you're not allowed to love cheese by your heritage. Basically. I, I I think I think the way is like you don't have a problem with cheese, but your 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 body has, has a problem with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So to uh, jump back into Farwater, uh, to answer your question, Crowen, um, picking up the piece of paper where the address was uh, uh, scribbled upon. It seems to be a uh, building that is on the outskirts of the core town district. So still like the old town completely uh, barred off um, piece of the city, but then on the very, very outskirts of it. Um, and knowing a little bit of how these large cities work, it's probably not going to be the best living space, but it's close to where the action is. It'll probably take you half an hour walking to get there. Nothing too shabby. Yeah, I agree. It, it sounds like a very logical place to continue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Nissa was the uh, bard uh, wannabe that uh, had succumbed to this uh, disease and uh, where you still knew the location of. So after about 30 minutes walking, crossing beautiful different marketplaces, bustling townships, and now that you have taken a couple of walks through the city, you once again begin to realize how um, present the water is at every time. You uh, can always smell like the salty air from the ocean itself, but throughout the city, there is a gigantic sewer system that always is flushing through uh, salt and fresh water from the river to make sure that all the waste that this gigantic city produces is washed away into the ocean itself. And as uh, that is the case, you can always hear at least a little bit of rushing water beneath your feet. And after every 10 to 15 feet, you will see somewhere out of the corner of your eye a uh, roster where the uh, sewer is allowed to breathe a little bit, or you will step right on it and see a 
somewhat steep uh, stream of water just flowing past you. After half an hour of walking through this, you uh, come upon what seems to be the, uh, the place where uh, Nissa uh, had made a living. And you come upon a small street that eventually turns towards the very edge of the district, where the uh, inner town wall is risen up. And as you look upwards, you can actually see two lone sentries of the Silver Sentinels just walk slowly past above the wall. And here, as you take a couple of steps towards it, you see that these, uh, this building is one of the buildings that are very pushed together. It seems to be three stories high, although only, I think, 30 feet in diameter and maybe 20 feet depth. And the uh, one solitary door that it has, has a uh, piece of paper um, placked over it together with uh, some other pieces of... Well, basically police tape that the Silver Sentinels uh, had put up here with the text on it, um, um, whatchamacallit? Uh, fuck, can't find the word. Do not enter? No, no, trespassers will be prostituted. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, somebody stripped it out, the, a couple of the letters, and they vandalized it to prostituted. Probably some of the local children did that. Uh, but still, the plaque seems to be strewn over the door itself, as well as, like, the, the lock. So it seems that this place is still undisturbed up until now. You can see that on all the different floors there are small windows that are closed, but perhaps could be opened. So, as you stand here, you take a look to your right and your left. You can see in the distance that a couple of people are uh, walking past. But as this seems to be a dead end, as it end ends at the very wall of the district, you seem to be in a pretty okay, non-seen state this early in the morning. Right now it would be like around 10-ish, maybe 11, after your time at the Cerulean Circle. Is Does the house have a chimney? <laughs> you take a look up, and indeed you can see that a small stone chimney is like reaching out, but it's not all the way at the top. It seems that a, um, uh, what you figure probably like a stone stove is put on the ground floor. And uh, from out the ground floor, like on the outside, there's a small chimney that uh, points upward. Although no okay. smoke is emanating from it at this point. Can I Santa Claus my way in? I mean, you're not that thick, but he still, it's a chimney. It's a chimney like approximately this like big. So you won't be able to fit through it on your own, I'm afraid. He has a beard, though. Mm, in that case, everybody <laughs> knows that beards are very lubricating for chimneys. So. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so the door is taped shut. Uh, any windows? Any any other openings? Uh, like, it, yep. and and is it? like a freestanding house or is no, it like it taped in be, yeah it seems to be the last building um in a row of different buildings so it's like a corner house so to speak Very so well. to give you an idea i will just draw it out a little bit mm. i say we simply enter can can I cast Detect Magic before we enter, just to see if I can see anything around the house, on the house, that is magical? 
your thing. Smart. To give you an idea, like this is pretty much how, I don't know if this is visible quite well. No idea. Um, this is pretty much how it works. So you have like the wall with like different towers upon it. And then you have like this street and it seems to be the very, very last. And building. a little bit to the left, your left. Like this. A bit more. Okay. <laughs> it looks like I, a I have no idea. it's no a bit phallic right now, but I'll take it. Giggity. That's what she said. Uh, let me just. No, but I, I, I get it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, detect magic, I guess. Uh, and. Yep. After that, I kind of suggest we just go inside and pretend we're supposed to be there. Yeah, I, I me too. Right. I fully expect uh, the door to be locked, but sure. Um, Jack, you take a couple of steps forward, and your uh, rat familiar Jesse walks forward and also puts out its small rat claws. And through Jesse, you cast uh, detect magic. What is the range of detect magic? Ooh. Like, how far inside does your pulse of detection go? Let me have a quick look. Oh, there we go. I believe it should be something along the lines of 30 feet. For 30 feet. 30 feet, yeah. All right. In that case, you do indeed find a uh, small blip of magical energy coming from, um, well, the second floor, which is like the first floor in Dutch, but like the, the one above the ground floor. Cool. Okay, guys, it, it looks safe on the outside and mostly on the inside. On the se on the second floor appears to be something magical. So keep an eye out when we uh, go up the stairs. Interesting. Excellent. And I, I uh, encourage, uh, I think, Crowen to uh, break open the door. Yeah. First I check, of course, Crowen checks if the door is indeed locked. And without a lot of effort, you do indeed find that the door is locked. Okay. Then, um, Crowley is gonna show off his newly purchased levered crowbar. Oh. And he's gonna do, uh, gonna do an open the door magic uh, skill without <laughs> magic. <laughs> Crow casts burglary. I cast right. fuck up the door, yeah. Cast right, so. Or can't stop me. Okay, so I believe that to break open the door, that is an athletics check, but you will yeah. have a bonus because you have a, a very fancy crowbar. I think it was a plus one, and if you don't have the crowbar, it's a minus two or something. Yeah, something like that. I'm going to use a hero point. Mm, you do indeed. Uh, 17 first. Let's see. Ah. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh. I need to check my character sheet, sorry. Because my athletics is in a total of 7, so 25 in total. 25, and 25 is more than enough. The sentries that you saw walking on the top of the uh, walls have just entered another tower house for a moment, at which moment you find yourself emboldened by their absence to quickly crack open the door. The old wood that has been here far, far too long without um, really being maintained in any way, shape, or form quickly gives way to the power of your crowbar, and with that, the door splinters a little bit, the lock, but opens wide. And all of you are presented with the uh, interior. Um, 
as all of you take a uh, step inside, um, I would like all of you to go ahead and make a perception check for me. Perception. Perception. Seven. Sixteen. Sixteen? I also perceive at sixteen. All right. As all of you step in, you can hear something upstairs. Boom, 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 boom. Creaking of wood, a couple of footfalls. And now you also take a look around to see what is in your uh, immediate vicinity. You can indeed see the stove to your left, uh, a table with uh, some food that is slowly turning to rot away as uh, the denizens of this place have uh, have left it. Um, you quickly realize that Nissa did not live here on her own. It mostly seems like a, uh, a bachelor pad with um, you just entering into the living space. There's like a hearth on the back end with a uh, nice red sofa which has been weathered, probably found somewhere on the, the roadside and just like took in. You can see a small desk with uh, books and papers. And you can also see that different pieces of paper are strewn about on the floor. And you can also smell the smell of, well, human refuse. And you can see different splatters of moisture, of water, dripped around the floor as well. We're not here to fight. We're not here to harm you. We're here to help. We, we are simply here to help. Oh, there's Oh, right. Sorry. I was very confused at what you were doing there. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Do we hear the footsteps running away or are they still staying put? For now, you just heard a couple of footsteps upstairs and other than that, Silence. I think we should go upstairs very slowly. You're not in trouble. We just want to talk. Response. Um, no response. Okay. Then we then Crow starts going up. Okay. Uh, see, I follow two, after two him. You can see two different things. You can see one staircase descending downward into probably some sort of. Uh, uh, basement, and you can indeed see a staircase upward, uh, downward to your left, upward to your right. I actually, before I follow, I block the door with uh, a piece of furniture. Make right. sure it stays shut. Just on the right side of the door, there uh, stands a desk with uh, books and papers also strewn about. And as all of you enter, you close the door behind you and you just without a lot of effort, shove the desk in front of the door. I uh, cast shield on myself and uh, I proceed as well to the upstairs. Right. As you guys take a, a couple of steps upstairs, you can find that once again, the first thing that you see as you uh, step up the stairs is another pile of books, um, all different kinds of prose. You don't really uh, give it a lot of attention for now, unless you really want to uh, to dig in. But you can still see different papers strewn about. Although this room where you are in right now 
mostly just has six beds. Like, a lot of people were staying in this one building. Beds are um, not too well kept, not really all that well, uh, whatchamacallit, maintained. Uh, these were probably pretty poor people just all living together here. Although, as you take a couple of steps upstairs, on this first floor, uh, sorry, second floor, you still don't see anyone. Although there is a staircase further upward as well. I look to Jack and uh, motion, where's the magic? I uh, magic. cast uh, Detect Magic again. The magic was uh, in the pile of books. Somewhere in there, there uh, should be a blip of magic. Although right now, you also uh, see that there are a couple of blips of magic on the third floor as well. Above oh, you. Good. Going total, to the third floor. In total, there are... Let me just make sure. Um, there's one where you are right now. And there are two of them upstairs. All right, nice. so there's one something magical in that pile of books over there. But there seems to be something magical above us as well. Let's uh, first talk two to magical whoever... things. Let's first talk to whoever, whoever is here before we mingle with the magical items all right i think that might be smart yes i see so, no reason to linger just yet okay so as all of you take a couple of steps forward once again to get to the top floor of this establishment as you take um well what is the marching order here Who goes i think first me first to because i am the junkiest i think of us all the melee-oriented character. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Behind that, Tarush kind of trying to pretend he's not nervously breathing in this freaking horror house, uh, but also he has a breastplate on, so I guess I'm the second beefiest guy right now. And Jack uh, follows in suit. Jack, who isn't actually wearing any armor, <laughs> follows uh, last. Freaking sandals, even, right? Behind us. So, well, they are very fashionable, thank you very much. Oh, no, I wasn't... <laughs> As you take a step to the top floor, um, first what you see is that this uh, living space once again has a lot of beds, five in total. There is a small uh, table in the middle of the room with a couple of chairs strewn about, as well as some papers once again, but also some bottles and some vials. Um, there's also a um, vanity desk on uh, the way back where uh, someone has apparently been scribbling some uh, on some paper as well. Um, but what catches the most of your attention is that as you take a step upward here, Crowen, um, you see on the far end two creatures, each of them grabbing a bag of sorts as they were, um, well, perhaps stowing away some loot that they found here. Uh, in their hands, these humanoids are holding these uh, large crossbow contraptions. But as you look into their eyes, you don't see the gaze of a uh, ape descendant, but of a fishman. As you see the scales covering their entire body, frills on both sides and on the top of their head. And they... Amazing, yes, they come back. 
and they shoot their crossbows at you. And uh, that's where we will take a nice little break. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, Pick me up, baby. As uh, fishmen are attacking you. Yes. And they both seem to have a fierce attack. So, yay me. <laughs> they do. That's yeah. hilarious. I, I actually have a friend um, who has an honest-to-God phobia of um, fish taking over the world or something like that. And I'm very happy I haven't convinced him to watch the stream. <laughs> or, or fish really are outnumbering us by a lot, so yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as you guys are investigating Nissa's home, it seems that you are not alone. So, in 15 minutes, uh, just a little bit before 9.30, we will continue this adventure with uh, beautiful combat. And uh, don't you worry, Savage Combat Smurfs, uh, the Fierce Attack will be coming through. Oh wait, we got two of them even. Yeah. Uh, one, one for each. One for each of these motherfuckers. Uh, let's see how good we can fuck up, fuck up our characters already. So, see you guys in a bit. We'll and see we'll you guys soon. Combat. Da, ksh, da, 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 da. And we're back. Welcome. This girl's already playing, so let's jump right into the action. Because, last we left off. Our heroes, known as the Pack, were in the vast city of Farwater, and here they have been contracted to investigate a magical plague that has befallen on its citizens. To find out more about this plague, they eventually stumbled upon this very building, the building of Nissa Noname, a bard wannabe who lived here until she fell to said plague. So, our heroes stumbled upon this place trying to investigate what might have happened to her to find out more about this disease and how perhaps it could be stopped only to find out that as soon as they entered the building they heard footsteps from upstairs venturing forth onto the second and then the third floor these beings could not elude them any longer as they are now staring right into the face of these fishmen with these large crossbow contraptions in their hands large bags over their shoulders of some sort of loot that they might have gathered here this day, they don't seem to be all that friendly. So, um, as we start this encounter, first off, uh, I would like all of you to go ahead and make me a nature check to see if you can realize what the hell these creatures are. I have no idea. Five. That will not be enough indeed. I might have an idea, actually. <laughs> Same. Um... That would be a 22 for me. 22? 18. 18. Both of you indeed know what these creatures are. They're not all too uncommon. Uh, they are known simply as scum. Because uh, whatever they were long, long ago, um, don't seem to ring any bells with them anymore. Um, they are pretty much mindless aquatic fish people that uh, live a lot along the shores. And... That's about all that you know right now, because none of you had a real critical success. Probabilistic in nature, not really all that friendly or hostile normally, but um, it seems that these ones are, because at the very start of our initiative order, the artifact is here in place, as um, it wasn't carried by Edge anymore. Now it seems to be in the possession of Crowen, who didn't really remember putting the artifact on, but apparently he did. That's weird. 
So right now, the artifact, the fourth wall breaking item that lets our viewers uh, interact with us is starting to glow. And I believe that uh, multiple things are going to happen because as two globules of green light shoot from the artifact into the two scum that are standing on the other side of the room, their crossbow arms seem to be even more lethally aimed than they were before as they both get a, a fierce attack from Savage Combat Smurfs. Thank you so much. Uh, however, um, Jack, you do also have a shield, uh, increasing your AC by 5 for the next attack that comes your way, because Nideko also wanted to give you a little bit of a, uh, a heads up. Alright, next to that, uh, do realize that um, ooh, none of you have uh, hero points. No, no, wait, Tarush still has a hero point, I see. So let's see if that comes in, uh, in handy next to my anti-lux that I still have to spend. But for this, nice. we start, as the artifact uh, has done its job, we turn to the, uh, the first scum, and we can see that it is going to fire its crossbow with a plus five. Go, let's just name them appropriately as well. There we go, now that you know what they are called. All right, so with that, as they were lying in wait, the first attack comes towards you, Crowan, for a total of... Um, that is still only going to be a 19 to hit. Ah, uh, it is. Alright, so due to the fierce attack, it seems that this first crossbow bolt... <laughs> jettances outward and hits you for a total of 4 points of piercing damage. As you come walking up the stairs, not really realizing what you're walking yourself into, you can almost dodge out of the way, but... The arrow finds purchase into your shoulder, and you can now see that it isn't really an arrow per se. It more looks like a small harpoon. As the scum is quickly reloading its contraption with a second bolt, with a second action, and then taking aim once again to see if he can hit you once again, this time with a minus five, which is going to be a 10 to hit. So this time you can dart just out of the way uh, around the staircase as just finds perches in the wood there. Bouter, could you give the music a restart? Oh, I can and I will. Let's see. Yeah, it's here now? Cool. All right, so the scum has unleashed two of its harpoons. As we turn our attention to Tarush, you, you can just see, like, as you peer just with your head over the staircase you can see these two fishmen uh seemingly very angry as one arrow bolt hits your friend in the shoulder and the next one just hits like two feet in front of you the space is cramped it's full of furniture not really a nice um free combat space nonetheless the day is yours what do you do so i'm just counting out squares and i'm coming up short so I will move a few squares first through Crowen's space and then around to the other side of the stairs mm -hmm. uh, or the sideway um, so Tarush just pushes past him as energy starts flowing through the uh, through the crystal at the top of his staff grasped by two silver dragons and he then uh, points it forward 
at the two monsters as he starts chanting in Draconic. And this bright, colorful spray, this, this rainbow whirlwind uh, is unleashed on them. And they need to make a will saving throw. Uh, both of them? Yes, it's a cone. Ooh, very nice. And those will saves are... Let's see here. A 14 and a 13, respectively. A 14 and a 13. So those are two normal fills, um, which means that... <laughs> they are stunned one and blinded one. Uh, blinded for one round. And blinded? Ooh. And they are dazzled for one minute, which is... Uh, all creatures and objects are now concealed from them. Nice. Alright, um, so they have a very hard time uh, hitting you, and they also lose one of their three actions yeah. for the next time and it comes around to them. They're freaking blinded for one turn. That's a DC 10 oh, yeah. check to do anything against us. Damn. Well, all right, so if vision is their main thing, I don't actually know. Um... Up until now, it did seem indeed that their eyes, although they are like glazed over and fish-like, uh, they did seem to use those to uh, to gaze in your general direction. And even more so, now that you have cast this spell and they are blinded in this flash of light, you can see that they both like... They react very violently to this. They do not like being blinded whatsoever. Nice. Very nicely done. So Tarush slams the staff down on the ground and screams, they're blind, go! That right. was my turn. Oh, uh, Maxime, you are muted. We do not hear anything you are doing right now. We do have a uh, yeah. glowing uh, artifact, I believe. So if, if that is your turn, Tarush, then at the end of your turn, the artifact, after dispersing a couple of globules of light, seems to be charged completely for a wild magic surge this time as it begins to shake once again, and let's see what goes on. Can you roll me a d20? Oh, right, that's me. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Where are we? Battle. And now I'm doing a thing. And I am apparently not doing a thing properly. Let's see, why are you not showing up on the screen? Because it's behind everything. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> Sorry. Four jets. Four jets. More fireballs. <laughs> Let's see if we can blow it up again. And I choose this one, and I choose the the twenty. Oh yeah, fireballs or devils. Those are the two options that we have. Fireballs or devils. Well, that would be. Um, very <laughs> I accidentally threw four of them. Oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Just the one, right, again. and That's then a sort of four as well. Yeah, it's hilarious. I'm I'm like so incompetent. Wait, let me switch the screen. Whoop! And now everyone sees dice on the screen, and I'm gonna choose one d twenty, one d twenty, and throw. There we go. And that would be. Ooh, quite shy of a four. Quite shy of a fireball. Thanks for your patience, everyone. Um, three. A three. All right. So in that case, um, I will need I will need a um, another die. Even will be the party. Odd will be uh, our enemies. 
Because right. once again, it seems that a lot of creatures are changing their forms. Oh dear, again. Uh, yeah, we're, roll? Gonna get a, we're having a polymorph. We're having a polymorph again. So everybody's getting polymorphed. Uh, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm rolling on the on the stream ah, okay. screen. Uh, that's a 17, so that's uh, odd. All right, so in that case, uh, those fishmen, although they are still blinded, are no longer fishmen. As the pulse of energy emanates from the artifact, and in their blind rage, they also begin to turn into... Let's see here. Fucking bears. Nah, bears bears are too high level, I think. We can't we can't make them into bears yet. But let's see if we can make them into something else. Here in the meantime, I will uh I will I will entertain our viewers with a few more dice. So uh, you know, <laughs> let's uh Beautiful. There we go. You know, here are some numbers. I'm I'm actually figuring out how this works. I feel so proud of myself. <laughs> Alright. Um let's see here. T-Rex is let's go, the chat says. <laughs> Still also a little bit too high level for them. Out? Although perhaps I I can do I can do a T-Rex light. I can do a T-Rex light. So that's as... like a Baceraptor. No no no. As the energy of these creatures seems to, uh, sorry, the energy of the artifact seems to turn their fish-like appendages into some sort of a salamander or reptilian uh, visage as their armor that they're wearing of like simple scale, ma scale mail made out of the scales of fish together with their weapons just morph into two arms that all have these large um, suction cup fingers as instead of two Fish people, there now stand two fish-like geckos, as two giant geckos are now in their place. And that's what you will be fighting right now. Hey. <laughs> cool. Might as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, I sure. don't have a, a nice little gecko uh, uh, mini for them, so I'm afraid that we will have to use the, uh, the geckos that are in place right here. Uh, sorry, the fish uh, people. But they are now replaced by geckos. What is my job? Um, Estherush's turn has ended, and we turn our attention to Jack. I hold the record for uh, longest turn ever. I will I will say, however, Jack, that uh, I am going to use uh, just one uh, little glimpse of uh, the uh, artifact's effects, as we have another ghost image. So... As you were standing there, uh, on the staircase, thinking about what might be going on, you see, from behind you, running up the staircase, another one of these fish people. As it seems that from below, another fish person has appeared as well, and is now giving chase to you. I, I quickly cast Tangle Food. Just, I, I catch it. Yeah. Very well. So, uh, you need to make a attack roll, I think. Ooh, I rolled pretty okay. Um, I rolled a... Um, ooh, that would be an 18. An 18. Yep. As you quickly cast your Tanglefoot from Jesse, your small little rat familiar, the Tanglefoot, like the, the ball of barbs and vines, begin to apparate, and you shoot it out with magical might as it passes through the illusion. 
and then just splatters on the far side of the wall and you might you can almost see that like the poof of smoke that this illusion of a fist person has turns into a middle finger just as a second and then dissipates again there must be another conjurer here <laughs> it seems it. to be the case <laughs> although it's probably just the artifact so All I right. used uh, Tanglefoot already, uh, which one means action one action, yeah. Um, let me have a quick look what I'm going to do. I am going to... Can I just move up? I'm still on the second floor. I want to go to the third floor. Uh, I'm going to use that last action to slightly move up in the room. Yeah, so um, you, could, you could basically like stand over here with a couple of steps. Yeah, I think that uh, that's, uh, that uh, yeah. sounds smart, yeah. And you indeed also figure out that it's very cramped as you are like pushed against the large backpack of Crowen and Tarush is also needing his space to cast his magic spells. Well, Not I'm a really very good happy place. to be cramped behind my human shield. Alright, so with that being said, we turn our attention to uh, the second scum, now turned Gecko, um, as he... Let's see here... Do geckos have anything special? No, they don't have... Climb very well, I guess. Well, they can climb very well, indeed. So, <laughs> the gecko is going to basically climb across the ceiling, like, all the way towards you, um, Tarush, and is just going to try and figure out... So he's going to basically hang from the ceiling right over here, and then tries to make an attack against you. So, he still has a fierce attack, although he does need to make a flat 10 check to even try and hit you, because he is still blinded, even in his gecko form. So let's see if that works. That is a 4, so the attack fails completely, as the gecko tries to whip at you with his tail, but instead it just whiffs over your head, you don't even have to dodge. He uh, mm. didn't really uh, realize how tall you were. So I'd say you. he keeps the fierce attack for when he oh, does succeed? Attack. Yes, yeah, yeah, the fierce attack is being kept. But still, for this time, you're out of the woods. With that being said, Crowen. The arrow. Uh, walk uh, three, k uh, three squares down from what he is now, uh, according to the map. Okay. You can move your own. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Person, yeah. by the way. You can also just like use the use the arrow keys to to move yourself if you'd like. I can do it as well, but. Yeah. Can you do it for me now? Because I haven't. Oh wait. Of I can course, do it now. sweetie. Of course. Ah, uh, so thanks, bro. So yeah, you yeah. make your way across this blind gecko. Oh wait, uh, uh, yeah. And can is it difficult terrain, or can I move just one more to the left? Oh yeah, yeah right you can. End. You can easily turn to the uh, yeah. over there as yeah. well. So that was one of my first action. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm gonna. Do I have an advantage from him being blinded? Uh, well, he is flat-footed, so his AC will be lowered because he doesn't really. Uh, he isn't okay. able to defend himself against your blows. So it also means I have to sneak attack, right? Oh, you do have sneak attack. Yes, indeed. Okay, so I'm just going to smack him twice and hope I hit uh, two times. You have exterminated geckos before and you know exactly where to hit him. And as this gecko is blinded, he can't really dodge out of the way. You can whack him right in the right place. Does 18 hit for the first 18 attack? 18 does hit, yes. Okay, that is 2 plus... Uh, that is 9 damage in total. Nine points of damage. Whack! Right on, like, the spine, just uh, after the head. This way it hurts. And the second one... 
that's an um, 14 minus uh, that's fine. Uh, there's uh, 17. I'm attacking with the sap, by the way, so it's non lethal mm -hmm. damage. I'm not sure if it matters, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So, does uh, a 17 hit? 17 still hits, yeah. Nice. That's a. And 14 damage. 14 points of damage. Yeah. And with that, with the second strike of your sap, the creature turns back into the scum what it was before. Still blinded, but you have whittled away all of the polymorphed hit points from this creature. Okay, cool. That so was very nicely done. He he does not know what the hell is going on. For a moment, he was a blind gecko, and he thought, like, man, I really want to eat flies, even more so than normal. And now he turns back into a fish, and now he says, like, I only want to eat a normal, healthy amount of flies. This is weird. Oh, my crossbow is back. That's good. I still can see a thing. What the hell is my life? Um, that was your turn. Yeah. And a good turn it was. As we move towards the artifact once again. And we can see that this time around... Let's see, was there... Oh, wait, the this, uh, the fierce attack was That's being dealt with. Yeah. And next to that, ooh, Crowan, you do have another hero point, I see. But other than that... Nothing new. No. Nothing of the artifact. It's keeping itself timid for now. So, with that out of the way... The uh, scum now uh, turned back into human is, uh, sorry, uh, turned back into a fish person, is dazzled, which means, let me just check, dazzled condition, uh, objects are concealed, so yeah, so he needs to make a flat five check to see if he can, yeah. uh, can do anything. All right, so um, with the uh, crossbow being its only real apparatus of combat, it now turns towards the uh, piscine-like claws that it also has. So he just, after he got hit two times by your sap crow and, and turned back into his humanoid form, he just goes on a rampage and just goes like scratching in the nowhere. And he's just going to try and make uh, three attacks against you. Um, with flat five checks, the first one he makes... Second one he makes as well. The third one fails with a four. So two attacks can actually be done by him. The first one is going to be a 19 to hit. It's... And the second one is going to be a 17 to hit. It does not hit. Ooh, nice. As one of the claws eventually finds purchase like somewhere on your chin and just like gives like this nice streak across your cheek. But other than that, no other claws find purchase. You do, however, take a total of... Uh, by the power of math, that is five points of piercing damage. Damn. But that is all First that it can do for them. Sorry? First one in crossbow. Yeah, yeah awesome. now you can see that even though these are like tribal creatures, they are strong. You can see like the rippling muscle of their fish-like arms beneath them. And you can also feel like the force of those nails being pushed inside you. They have higher strength than you, I think. Like brute force is what these creatures seem to be. Okay. That's the... Uh... With that being said, Tarush, you still have a uh, dazzled gecko hanging in front of you. Perfect. All right, so, um, yeah, I think uh, what I'm first going to do is uh, electric arc them. Mm. So, Tarush, 
slams down the staff and utters a few more words as electricity first draws towards its hand from the crystal and then shoots forward at both of them. Nice. So uh, they make a save, reflex. And uh, they are both wet. So I don't know if Electric Arc says anything on it specifically about it. No, no, nothing. Uh, it's will, electricity in that, damage. In that case, I will give them a minus one on their saves because they uh, they do seem to be uh, very conductive as of this moment. <laughs> they deserve that. <laughs> oh, my dice are falling. Bye. And those are uh, respectively a... Uh, a 7 and a 13 on the reflex saves. Ooh, that is one critical fail and one normal fail. Oof. Alright. Here we go. That would be, ooh, a 4. So, um, that is 8 damage on the normal fail and 16 on the crit fail. Oof. Alright, and with that, the gecko is very heavily electrocuted just in front of you and eight points of damage go through to the other scum. Although it seems that the uh, polymorph gecko form still has a couple of hit points left, so it's still a gecko uh, laid out in front of you, but still a nice hefty chunk of damage being dealt. Um, I... Yeah, so Tarush screams, Crowen, will you be all right? And I again slam down the staff as a telekinetic shield appears in front of me for my last right. action. With that, you have cast a shield. As Jack, you are now here in the fray. What do you do? You are muted. I said I, did, I do very little. I do what, but one thing: turn on my microphone. Hey. Uh, very well. well. I um, I'm gonna cast a spell. It's mm. uh, the spell that you've probably heard of. I'm gonna summon an animal. Now I'm mm. not gonna summon another rat. Because I've got a more fitting animal for you, so it's it's quite a, it's kind of a question if I summon it or it just comes out of a creep. Shows up. A, a house cat arrives at the ah. scene, and I want to place it in between the two uh, now geckos. So uh, just like right. one up, one to the right of Crowen. Let me just get you a nice little house cat. Um, let's see here. The one by Crowen is no longer a gecko. It's back to scum form. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So I think that one's most dangerous. Is that one? I, I don't uh, imagine a gecko is dangerous. Well, it's um, how, how polymorph worked uh, is basically that we turn it into a creature that is the same level. So Fair. it basically just, just adds a non another level one creature to it. Um, let's see. Where did you want your house cats to be situated? Uh, two to the right at the moment. Over here? Yeah. All right. And by the power of your rats, their mortal enemy is summoned. Like, how badass is that? That you as a rat can summon, like, your, your predator to combat. Like, yeah. I made this cat my bitch, and now I can summon <laughs> it into battle. Hell yeah. Uh, and that, that's about it because it's three actions. Oh, oh, I, I got one action to command it, of course. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can immediately let it have two actions, I believe, right? Yeah. So um, what I'm going to do is it. It is just in, instantly going to uh, gnaw at it with its claws. Very well. Which one? Uh, I'm going to 
uh, attack the one uh, attacking Crowen. Okay. Yeah, the one that's been damaged the most. Yeah. All right, go ahead and make your attacks. Oh, the, the first one is going to be an eight. That's uh, not going to be enough, I'm afraid. Oh, the, the second one is going to be that's uh, that's uh, a fifth, a fourteen actually. Oh. Fourteen, as okay. it is flat-footed because he is dazzled. That does make it a hit. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, that's one d four slashing damage. Uh, let's get my dice. I'm just imagining the situation where it's fighting Crowan and Crowan is like fighting back and suddenly Jack is like cat and the cat flies through the room yeah! <laughs> and starts clawing at this and this guy's just like what the fuck is going on why it's, still- it's like it's like throwing a cat to someone yeah. <laughs> we still don't know we still don't know if Jack is an actual magician or just like has a bag of, of house pets. Well, like, oh, case... I summon cats. Oh, there we go. And rats and oh, everything. In this case, Jack is also like, well, I think the spell worked, but it could also just be a cat that lives here. It could also uh, just be a cat showing up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, just one point of slashing of uh, slashing damage. Yeah. Uh, just the one? No just edit one. Uh, things? Uh, too bad. No. Let's go. All calls. Even the smallest amounts of uh, of damage seem to help. And we had a good laugh about it. I mean, isn't it's, that it's uh, worth it. <laughs> the most important effect? All right. So, with that being said, we have uh, the uh, gecko scum, who has been electrocuted a lot, who is going to try and just fight his way out of here. So, he is still dazzled, because he is dazzled for a minute. So, he does need to make his, uh, his flat five checks. So let's see if his jaws of his bite can do anything. Uh, yep, a 5, 6, and an 11. So all three attacks can be made. And he is just going to snap in uh, in the general direction of you, uh, Tarush, as you have uh, hurted enough already. So the first attack is going to be a 13. Second with a minus 5 is going to be a 14. Miss, miss. And the Hail Mary is going to be even lower than that. Nice. So this large gecko is just biting in your general direction, but your shimmering shield of arcane magic is bouncing off all of his attacks. None of them make it through. So that's not nice at all for him. Excellent. Uh, At which moment we turn our attention to Crowen, who did get a nice jab at the face, but now has all the power in his own hands. What do you do? I'm gonna sap the poor sap. Mm. Go! Uh, yeah, basically I'm gonna do, uh, well, see how many attacks it takes to put him down, and uh, then we'll see what happens. We will indeed. Uh, 17 on the first attack. 17 hits. Okay, he's still flat-footed, right? He's still flat-footed, yes. So that's... 8 damage. 8 points of damage. Still standing, however, after a good, like, he hit you on the cheek and on your chin, and you just returned the favor with, like, whack, right across the jaw. And his eyes do blink, like, one after the other, which is really weird, but (laughs) he's still standing. Seems a bit groggy. Okay, let's go. Um, 18, again, to hit, so that hits, I guess. And then, 11 damage. And with that... The eyes bulge out one more time, and then the body goes limp on the floor. Uh, did you want to deal non-lethal damage? Yeah. All right. He is knocked out cold. 
then I have a nice little ability called Your Next. As my final action, uh, because I put someone down uh, to zero HP, I get to try and intimidate someone. Mm. And I don't nice. even need him to understand me because I have glaring defeat, uh, intimidating glare. So I think I get a plus one to my intimidation check and I try to intimidate the last uh, gecko. Very nice. Um, as he is a gecko, however, he does not understand your language. So I believe that you are taking a minus two or minus five. I don't know. No, because I have intimidating oh, yeah. glare. Oh, nice. You're just looking at him very there scary. There you go. You're, you're basically doing like... And that's enough. Like the, the universal language of, oh man, I'm fucked. I'm All right, so gonna, go ahead and make your intimidation check. I'm gonna go, go to a, a small little scream from, ha! You're next! And the gecko just goes, uh, that didn't pick up, I think. Uh, uh, Echo. Se Echo. 17. Against his will DC? I don't know. I think so. Will right? DC, yeah. Correct. That's a, that's a success then. So you can see the gecko like swallow mm -hmm, as he is frightened. Frightened nice. one, I think? Frightened one for one turn. Yeah. All right. It's minus one on basically everything. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. Nicely done, Crowen. As, at the top of the round, we take a look, but I don't think that the artifact has uh, any other uh, beautifulness in store for all y'all. So, we quickly go on towards, um, well, the scum that is now knocked out, so we will delete him. And go further onward towards uh, Taru. Oh, no, wait. Um, just one more thing. As... Um, here... What's going on? No, no, I'm just doing something else. Reinforcements, oh, okay. guys! Because now, uh, once again, Jack, I mean, this is getting old, but now you can see another one of these uh, scum creatures also coming from downstairs. Although this one does look a little bit different. And um, uh, later on, you will all think back on how you didn't check the basement before you uh, went upstairs. <laughs> as, as this one seems to be wearing the same like scale mail armor, but this one has uh, not one of those crossbows, but just like a, a vicious spear in its hand, a bident, if you will. It is nothing really more than a, uh, like a broom handle that eventually got affixed to it, like two rusty kitchen knives, but still with the bulking muscles that are underneath him, he does seem to be a little bit more intimidating. And right now, he can only walk up all the way to you, Jack, and try to make an attack against you. So he's going to do just that. How dare you? Uh, which is, goddammit, that's a natural two on the die. So with that, as this large scum comes bulking up the staircase, like with one hand, he also like tries to walk a little bit faster. He pushes his bident forward, but it just whiffs over your shoulder and hits like the chest that you see next to it. Like... It gets stuck for a moment, and he pulls it back out again. Tink, and now holds it with both hands. That's all that he can do. At which point we go towards Tarush. All right, so um, the gecko is still like on the ceiling as it's trying to attack me. Mm -hmm. um, so in that case... Um, and it's dazzled. Okay, yeah. Yep. So I just 
spoon around the staff towards the spear end, and I just stab upwards at the gecko as I let go of my shield spell. Very well. Um, so that would be a natural 18. <laughs> Plus five, four, plus four is 22 against its flat-footed AC. Uh, that's not going to be a critical hit, but still a very nice hit nonetheless. That's fair. I think it's already close to like polymorphing back. That's kind of yeah. what I'm banking on here. Um, so that would be four stabby-stabby damage. All right. And with that, you stab him right in the gut. And as you retract your staff, yes, it poofs back into its, uh, I, I read Chad, and indeed, back into its murloc form. As it falls to the ground, it falls on the wooden table, which shatters under its weight, as the wood itself was also fairly badly maintained, and it is now prone on the ground. Sweet. This is um, exactly what I was hoping for. I'll say, uh, go ahead and roll me a d4. Me? Nice. Yeah, you go ahead and make a uh, roll me a d4. Four. Oh, damn. All right, so it gets... Four points of damage as it falls like on the shattered glass and just pierces his hide on multiple places, not having giving him a good time whatsoever. Keep dropping right. my dice. Very nice. Um, but that was only one of your actions. You still yeah, have two I'm going for the c -c 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 combo. So after it fell down, I just slammed down my staff for another electric arc on the guy mm. be behind me and in front of me. So they both well. make a reflex save. A fishy. Uh, the big guy does seem to make it this time, I think. With is he a, wet? Uh, he is wet, so he does take a minus one to a save, but still with the minus one, it comes to a 25. I use an anti-luck on it. <laughs> no, that's my thing. Oh, like, I my bad. Sorry. Yeah, In sorry, that case, yeah. yeah, it succeeds. Okay. All right. And uh, the other one, however, uh, I don't think that it makes it with a seven. Uh, that is a critical fail again. So that's nice. perfect. So um, big guy takes half damage, and that guy mm -hmm. takes double damage. Yeah, so the um, one lying in front of you, which makes sense, right? Like the one lying in front of you, like you basically just push the electrified energy right into his face. Yes. And I, again, say a few draconic words as electricity flies around. Uh, this time I rolled a one on the die, though. So mm. that would be... Um, Two damage on the guy behind me, and ten damage on the guy in front of me. Nice. As his body begins to jitter while lying on the ground, and now you can see that his movement also gets a little bit sluggish as the amount of damage that he's been taken. It started to take its toll. Alright. With all three actions spent, we go further onward to Jack. Yes, so I all of the sudden have an adversary standing before me. Yeah, and this one I'm doesn't not, seem I'm to be an illusion. I'm not quite used to that. I, illusion? No, do I, said, I know this that? one doesn't seem to be like an illusion. Yeah, like the previous, yeah I figured. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you could actually hear, like, the uh, the metal blades, like, <clears throat> into the wood. Like, yeah. Also, I think you might have forgotten the shield uh, that you got on the previous yeah. attack. Uh, but the attack missed. Uh... The attack missed anyway, so... Oh, my bad. That was... Yeah. Um, no harm done yet. Yeah, I um, I just think I, as a sort of uh, fearful emotion, I just instantly cast a Ray of Frost on this mm -hmm. uh, enemy that uh, comes up the stair. 
Um, I have to make a spell attack roll for that. Oh, that's an 18. 18? Well, that, that's that's high. That's a big number. Oh, in, the, in that sounded... case, that's an 18. <laughs> you sounded... Well, that, uh, that I... hits. That hits. Yeah, cool. We're, we're at level 1, people. Like, we, we don't have to roll, like, 20s and 30s all the time just yet. I'd like to, though. Something. Understand. Oh, uh, that's 5 points of uh, damage. Five points of cold damage? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Let me have a quick look. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, five points of uh, cold damage. As you cast yeah. the ray of cold, you like push outward a beam of concentrated frost, and that itself like um, puts the creature out of view for a moment as it just blasted with like this this concentrated blizzard. But what you can see out of the fog is just the Biden once more, Sink! slashing it open, the cloud of mist dissipates and it is untouched as its fish-like scales seem to be resistant to cold damage. Figures! I'm sorry. Damn. In that case, I, uh, I do a quick... And I call my uh, cat to help me. Uh, it's going to take one action to move himself to... Uh, the meow maker. Uh, let's. Right. Uh, oh, I cannot move. Yeah. It's oh yeah. There. I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, let me just. And I'm going to do some um, clawing attacks. Right. Or actually, just one. I have one attack left. Yeah. One claws attack though. It's it's one attack with both claws. We'll say. Yeah. It's like both claws going for a. Ooh. Um. That would be in total at 13. 13. 13 will not make it, however. As so. this one scum, like with uh, his scale mill armor, he pushes himself forward a little bit, like pivots into the blow, and the cat-like paw just tick, 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 rattles across the scales. Like this one seems to have a little bit more ferociousness in its eyes as well, and seems to be a somewhat more skilled hunter than the other two that you found. Uh, although it is keeping a close eye on all of you, this attack does not hit. That ends your turn, I believe. Yeah. As the electrified scum is now lying on the ground and is going to use one action to get up and... Um, this time around, however, he looks around, he looks over his shoulder at his companion that has fallen on the ground and Crowen intimidating him. He is still frightened for now. Um, yeah, he's going to try and basically push through all of you. So he's going to make two attacks, not against Yutahush, but against uh, Little Kitty Cat. Um, with a minus one, however, because he is still frightened. Uh, and he is also still dazzled, so he also needs to make sure that he can even hit these attacks. So let's try that first. That's a four and an eight, so only one attack will be able to try and hit, uh, which is going to be a total of 15 to hit against your cat. What is the AC of your cat, Maxime? I believe he also has a fierce attack left. Uh, no, that one was spent already, I think. Or is there uh, a new one? The AC no. of my cat is 15. 15, all right, so that just hits. Okay. So he takes uh, seven points of piercing damage. As one of the claws of this scum does take a nice little hit at it. You said seven points? Seven points. It's just standing. Mm. Yeah. All right, so for now, 
The summoned cat is still holding tight. But um, it seems that this scum doesn't like being here anymore. But that is all that he can do for now after standing up and uh, trying out his claws. So we go towards Crowen. Okay. Crowen is going to go to the rescue of Jack because he seems in trouble. He's got one, two. Hope he doesn't provoke an attack opportunity. Three, four. There. Nothing I happens. Will say, I will say because uh, let me. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me just uh, move all of you up for a moment to to let you see what the scene is. You are trying to strike him from like the other side of the railing down the stairs. While the scum is still on the staircase, you are like looming over him. So this is going to be difficult to hit him. So he does have half cover of this. So he basically um, has an increased AC because of that. But I do flank him, right? Um, I will say no, because he is like down there. So basically how this would work out is that, um, let me just get rid of this a little bit. Come on. Okay, so. Okay, this is this is the worst drawing of all time, but basically you are uh, standing where the arrow is pointed. Let's see, do do we have it like this? You're standing where the arrow is pointed, and you are like trying to hit downward. Yeah. Well, that guy is the one you're trying to hit, and that is where Jack is standing. So okay. he can still like. Uh, push down a little bit and uh, get himself protected from all sides. Flanking is only if you can can't focus on one side because you have to protect yourself from both sides. Yeah. But there isn't a straight line through you, through the enemy, through the other one. Uh, that okay. with. Can I jump over the railing and try to bull rush the enemy to go to the back to the further to the? Hell yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm gonna bull rush him. All right, so okay. so um, you you jump over the railing. What do you yeah, want to do? Yeah, and basically try to take his space, push him away. Okay, so you, you were trying to push him away. Okay, yeah. for the sake of this, go ahead and um, make two checks for me. First, go ahead and make an acrobatics check, and then make an athletics check. Acrobatics is something like 19, I think. Let me check. Uh, acrobatics. Uh, dirty 20 on acrobatics, and the athletics is the right. second one. Acrobatics is a success, and yeah. then now, so you quickly jump over the railing, just at the right angle for you to basically just try to spartan kick him down the stairs. So let's see how that goes. There will be a athletics check of you against his athletic DC. That's twenty-six. Twenty-six. Damn, that's a nice roll. Strong my ass. And yeah, his uh, athletics DC is only eighteen. So with that, you almost try to. Uh, also yell, this is Sparta, while not really understanding what Sparta is, because it doesn't exist in this world. But you jump over the railing, and as one foot hits on the stairs, the other one perches itself on his chest, and you just push him away, and he tumbles down the stairs. Because of it. Very nice. So we will say that he is now all the way... Oh, not all three of you. He is now lying there on the other floor in the corner while you can stand over him right over there Let's nicely see. done yeah so i can uh, so and uh, as my last action i'm gonna try and hit him 
Oh, I, I will have to say, however, because you also jumped across the railing and you kicked him, I will have to make that two actions. For this okay, so, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that yeah. was my turn. But it was, it was good shit. I will, yeah. however, also uh, allow you to go ahead and roll me a d6, because he did take a tumble. So okay. just roll me a d6, and that will be like the falling damage that he took. Six damage! Six points of damage, take nice. That. Take that, All right. guy. Hell yeah. With that being done... The artifact is still lying dormant, so we move our attention to uh, the other piece of scum that is now lying before you, Crowen. So as it took a tumble, it begins to speak in some words that you don't quite understand in a gurgling language. And as a sort of uh, like distracting move, he strikes once with his claw just to get you a little bit out of the way, making a little bit of room for himself so he can stand up so he takes one action to stand up and then with his other two actions he just goes for one jab with his bident and then he turns it around and just tries to slap you with it so he goes ahead the first attack is going to come in at a 22 to hit that is going to hit all right and the second one with a minus five is going to be a 15 to hit that's not enough Alright, so, the first jab, after he made like the fainting move, does find purchase, and it pierces your armor just a little bit for, there we go, uh, ooh, for another 7 points of damage, uh, no, sorry, 8 points of damage for this guy. <laughs> I'm still standing! Alright, and after he takes his bite back, he just, and after feeling like the, the pain from the stab and the adrenaline coursing through your veins, your senses are a little bit heightened. And you can duck just right out of the way as the Bident almost decapitates you, but barely doesn't. That's all that he can do, though. Still backed into a corner as we turn our attention to Tarush. Oof. So I hear a lot of screaming and pain downstairs. Uh, mm. Could you restart the music again? I'm sorry that... Rule oh, 20 is just being a bit of a... Yeah, it, it does that sometimes. No worries. Um, and I hear Crowen, I assume, screaming in agony or pain or... Is there something going on, Crowen? I'm not doing too good! Okay, yeah, thanks. And with that, Tarush turns around and kind of does this clumsy, not-quite-leap-over-the-railing past Jack as he says... Uh, take care of that one! And walks down to behind Crowen. Alright, right over there. Um, <laughs> I use a free action to grab a spell for my staff. Um, ah. I can use uh, that for each spell level once a day. So I get my uh, color spray back because apparently we really need to do something about this guy. I hold my staff over Crowen's shoulder. I say, duck! And I color spray him in the face. Like, there's just <laughs> colors and sparks and everything everywhere. Give me a will save. And that is going to be a... Uh, 16. Ah, nice. Fail. That's perfect. DC is 17. Um, nice. So that gives us, oh, and the cameras have stopped, but we'll get to that. Uh, that gives us a whopping, um, 
stunned one, blinded one, and dazzled for one minute. Nice. As this creature was just piercing your friend and now coming tumbling over the railing behind him, you shoulder mount your staff on him and just blast this creature entirely into his face as the color spray hits him square in the jaw and just nice not Perfect. having a good time and cameras are back yee I right. can move again that was my turn nicely done Jack back to you yes there is still so... this one scum dazzled in front of you and the big I bet one some fire would work no no Ooh. i'm not gonna uh, explode everything work with fire uh however i am going to try to very delicately throw acid at his face very Something well along those lines so i use acid splash uh mm-hmm. two, uh two actions uh let me have a quick look oh this is gonna be good this is gonna be good so the acid splash is just uh, yeah, spell tech. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that will be a thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. yeah, that's a critical hit. Oh no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I read the wrong one. I'm I'm really sorry. A twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay, that's. A <laughs> I used my spell to see again. Yeah. <laughs> I figured. Well, that is quite high, and then I was like, that, Yeah, that that's makes it a lot easier, high. huh? Yeah. A twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah, that's a normal hit. That's a normal hit. Cool. Um. That would be a d6. Let me me grab my d6. Ah, sad. Um, That will be one point of acid damage plus one point of splash acid damage. All right, so two points total. Two points, yeah. There's no persistent acid damage. Okay, so he doesn't begin to melt away. So even in this current state... uh... Oh, no, wait, he was... No, no, okay, sorry. Uh, Mind fart for a moment. So the globule of acid does take a nice little splash at it, but it seems that while this scum was already covered like in the water of the sewage system from whence it came, it also helps with washing away the acid a little bit, so it doesn't do a lot of damage. But still, a chunk is being done, and you can see that he is on his very last legs at this moment. Those were two of your actions, however. In that case, uh, maybe my cat can help. So mm. I send my cat to him again. And uh, I send my cat to yeah. uh, this last scum. And I make it crawl, claw at the scum again. Very well. Oh, that might be actually quite okay as well. Let me have a quick look. That will be oop, a 19. To hit. 19 hits? Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And ah, and uh, four points of slashing damage. Four points of slashing damage, and together with the acid that the scum is trying to rinse off his body, as your cat like does the thing that cats do, where it wiggles its little butt a little bit and then just pounces on him with one last slash from the nails of this cat. The throat of this fish person is being raked open, and after a last guttural. <laughs> It falls onto the broken, ruined table and bottles, dead. Good kitty. Hell yeah. Oh yes. Very well done. So, with the second scum also being destroyed, 
We turn our attention to Crowen. Well, let me turn yeah. the battle map a bit up. There we go. Not having too good of a time. You are taking these beatings as a pro, though. What would you like to do? I'm taking it like a man. Yeah, uh, what happens if the rogue is the only melee fighter? Like, hey, I'm supposed to be a DPS, not a tank. Yeah, I think maybe maybe the rogue should take some fighter levels. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to hit him three times, I guess, because he's he's blinded. So yeah, I what? I don't think he can see me glare at him, so I'm not gonna try and intimidate. That makes no sense. I will, uh, however, I will, however, use one of my anti-lux on your first attack. Oh god damn it, man! Yeah. Daring, uh, this, this guy, this guy is having a rough time, but um, let's see if we can make it a little bit easier on him. Yes, uh, that, that becomes an eleven. All right. So with the eleven, even in his blinded state, you can see that while you are trying to attack him, he purchases ear holes a little bit, and he can hear like his companion falling upstairs. And as you try to bring down the sap the first time, he just gets his bite and blocks it in midair. And while he can't really see you because he's still blinded, you do, however, see that he purchases eyes to meet yours, and just gives this guttural screech. I have another hero point, I believe, so I think my second attack I'm gonna re-roll that. Thanks, Crystal, for the hero point. And I think aside uh, for the anti-luck. Yeah, and does 15 hit? 15 at this point, because he is flat-footed, does indeed hit. Nice! So that's 2d6s. That's uh, 12 damage. 12 points of damage! Yeah. And this time, however, after he pushes back your sap, he still tries to defend himself a little bit, but this time you kind of find the nice opening in between like his two arms and just whack him across the face. <sighs> again, however, his head perches up again in defiance. And then try the last attack, attention. it's going to be on the minus eight. Mm -hmm. So minus one in total. Again, I oh know, 17 in total. 17 hits? Hey, so yeah. Well, cautious, you bastard. Uh, 15 damage. 15 points of damage. Jesus. That's what Snack Attack does to you. Yeah, you know you know how to wield that uh, that sap. Oh my god. Yeah. He's still standing, though, with whack, whack, oh, god whack. Damn it. You, you have dealt a hefty bunch of damage against this creature. And now you can also see with the last attack that you also dislocate his shoulder as the last line of defense also seems to fall a little bit in his gait. However, he is still standing, and now he's just looking around himself. However, as this is going on, Crowen, you feel yourself invigorated, but this small, fist-sized green D20, this icosahedron, also seems to be firing up once again. So, Charlie, let's go ahead and, uh, and have ourselves another uh, wild magic surge. Go! Alright, let's see what happens. Let's go, bruh! No! What is it? Is the four? No, it's three again. I'm. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Can we roll I... another dice. Shall I, I re-roll that? Like, I, do we uh, want to polymorph no, again? Well, uh, what does the, the chat want? The chat. The chat can decide. The chat can decide. We will not decide these sorts of things. We do not hold power in this. Yeah, court. there should be one good surge. Yeah. 
Well, Crystal, you're you're also a pack member, so I feel like you are <laughs> also a little bit. Count. <laughs> yeah. Well, Savage Combat Source, however, also says reroll. I would like to believe the that. The reroll, reroll, yeah. That's oh, true everyone... vote. Yeah. That's like roughly 10% uh, of our viewers, so. <laughs> no, no, I, I can already see five. Oh, there you go. Ah. <laughs> Crystal, you paid. It's illegal for you to pay. <laughs> I believe that Crystal uh, gets polymorphed. Your points are of no value just here. reading a book and all of a sudden turns into a T-Rex. It's Crystal, five you're, you're a T-Rex now. And then she can't hold the book anymore because her arms are too short. All right, so five. Ooh, make haste. All right, so uh, let's see. Roll another die for me. Even is all of you are hasted. Odd, odd is odd. All right, so our scum is hasted as Oof. like a ploy of mischievous fate. A small bead of energy leaves your side, Crowen, and enters the body of the scum, making it hasted, giving it another action, which uh, it'll gladly accept, I think. It was stunned anyway, so who cares? It just has no more action now. No, uh, no, stunned is one action less, so yeah. now it has three net. Yeah, now oh, it just yeah. has its normal three actions. That's what I meant. Ah, uh, fair. So with that, as the energy invigorates him and basically just dissipates the stunned condition, the scum looks at your eyes, Crowen. Now that the blindness subsides and you can see this, this, this feral hunter just gazing back at you, and he says, like, in, in broken common, You turn. Kill. And it turns away from you, and it just begins to dart away. So it'll take uh, one action to uh, leave all the way on the other side and head down the stairs. And after that, I mean, I mean, can, can, can I? It is blinded, though. It's no longer blinded because the one turn of blindness uh, subsided already, right? Oh, it, it, it turn yeah, now it's blind. just Now it's just dazzled. No, no, no. Right. It's still blinded because I I used blind, and now is mm -hmm. the first turn. Uh, it has oh, after being me. blinded. Yeah. Just... Okay. So in that case, it it fumbles and stumbles down the staircase like. I accept. But it still tries to basically dash out of here. Alright, so, um, for the sake of this, because we are basically exiting the initiative order and chase scenes, if you want to do that, uh, really don't work in the initiative order, what would you guys like to do now that you see this scum just utter a couple of words of defiance and then try to bolt? I want to, I, I want to catch her, definitely. Well, uh, we, we can, um, for the sake of this, I think it would be easier to still keep the initiative order in the in the order of what all of you would like to do, but we can't really, like, use the battle map to, to walk and such. So, yeah. Tahus, you are up first. What do you do? You just see this scum rush down the stairs. Um... Gosh. I'm thinking real hard on what to do. I don't really have a ton of options for chasing at this point. So... Well, he's still gonna try. Let's see where... What, let's see what happens. So Tarush just follows it, but I have a speed of four. So it's it's not really a... Uh, I think... Yeah. So... Alright, so you just 
dart yeah. down after him. Okay. Yeah, I just well, try and run after him. Uh, I, I have 60 feet of speed to use. Uh, and I'm going to try... Well, I, I prefer to get him within, like, 20-ish uh, feet distance. Yeah. So, so what you can see... Um, as you run down the stairs, eventually you find yourself on the ground floor again. At the moment, you can just see him dart back into the basement. All right, that's it. And so you can you can basically just see him dart into the basement, but that is all where you can go for now. Uh, while you are just running downstairs, following this guy, Jack, what do you do? Um, so can I cast, can I still cast uh, Tanglefoot on this individual, or is it just gone without? Outside no, right of now, my... You need line of yeah, sight right, for that. Right now, yeah, he's started cool. out of the way. You tried to already begin the incantation, but you keep yourself because he's already out of sight and you can't follow him. Yeah, well, I, you can't I can follow him feel in my incantation that it, uh, it just doesn't hold up. Um, can I... Um, let me have a quick look. I think I have to go after it as well, but I'm not that quick, but I have to try at least. Yeah. All right, so yeah. as as you begin your incantation and you see the scum run away around the corner, you see Tarush follow and you follow as well, following Tarush. Everybody's following everybody. And you also eventually on the staircase see the same thing happen as this guy darts into the basement. And then the same question for you, uh, Crowen. What do you do? Flesh is faster than Tarush, but I don't suppose I can do something with an athletics check to try to get more speed or something, right? Ah, for the sake of this, there would be a little bit of cheating. So, yeah. uh, do you do you have more movement speed than Tarush and Jack? Uh, not for not Jack, but I think Tarush. Uh, I do have yeah. more movement. Well, I have just my full movement speed, thirty feet, and, and Tarush is slightly slowed by by his armor. And technically, all of you are uh, in like one line with you up front, so it would make sense that if all of you decide to just run forward, mm. that you would still be in front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rowan. So, yeah. so for the sake of that, you will indeed like. So basically, all three of you took the same action, just running after this guy uh, with the information that you had. So as a group, all three of you are following suit. Yeah. Right. So now that you are confronted with the basement, uh, a little piece of uh, of unknown information. Is there anything else that you would like to change on your plans, or all all of you just following still? Oh. Human has base feet of 25. Oh, okay, so I was wrong in... in uh... But, yeah, no, I, I say we just run after him and... Yeah, yeah, basically. See right. if and the I... basement has some kind of... Oh, however, excuse me, um, I missed this uh, uh, just now, but Jack, uh, you have haste. Because uh, Crystal did give you a, a nice uh, chunk of extra movement. So, oh. uh, if you would like, you could... Uh, I'll basically give you a free movement action for the sake of this. So is there anything what you would like to do with your extra movement that has been given to you? Well, I think I would just chase it further down the basement, I believe. All right. So in that yeah. case, it seems that uh, with a little bit of magical power from the artifact, Jack is now leading this assault. And uh, as all three of you are uh, running down this staircase, let me just put you there. Let me just do it like this. There we go. You can see that in the basement. Let me just open up this last little piece of venom up. You can see that the one scum still trying to escape is now at the far side of this building where a couple of latrines 
are situated. And you can see that one of the latrines was completely broken open, like the wooden uh, seating has completely been destroyed. And right now, the scum is trying to enter the latrine, although it still has a, a bag with it. Uh, the other two also had like these bags with them that they probably used to gather some things. And it seems that this one also has said bag with him. And he tries to pull it with him down the latrine, but it just doesn't really seem to fit all that easy. So he's having a little bit of trouble with that. As this is uh, made known to you, how do you guys act? Um, so we're downstairs. Jack is up front. Mm-hmm. Or, well, Crowen and I are not yet, quite yet there. Yeah, no, so Jack Jack yep. just had a little bit of movement to, to get all the way down, and, and I will say with the extra movement, you eventually find yourselves, like, in a row with Jack up front, Crowen, and then Tarush, just trying to get down the staircase as you find this last uh, scum, just trying to pull his loot with him down the latrine. I'd say Jack goes first, or are we back yep. in initiative, or...? Tangle food. Yeah. I cast I cast tangle food. I try to right. hold the creature in place. Okay, yeah. so the creature is now almost completely down the latrine already. So uh he will have three quarters cover, which is a plus five to AC. But can I also cast tangle food on the back that it's trying to take? Sure thing. You can try to to keep the loot. Like that's I, I think that is one of the big choices here. Like do you want to catch the guy or do you want to catch the bag that he is with him? In in this case, I think uh that the catching the loot is more feasible. Very well. Yeah. Go ahead and roll an attack roll for me then. As I... Is oh, it more feasible or are we just being greedy here? Because I am just being greedy here. <laughs> uh, it's also more feces-able because latrine. Well, um, I am just uh, screwing up because I rolled a seven. Seven. Mm. Um, Nope. I'm afraid that even for a bag being kept by a scum, that doesn't really quite make it. As you come jumping down the stairs, you're just a little bit overzealous with your casting, and you sidearm the uh, Tanglefoot bag, but it just splatters against the wall. As Jack pushes himself against the wall, or basically just falls against the wall from the staircase, uh, Crowen, what do you do? Can I reach him with uh, my sap of doom? With your sap of doom? Yeah. I mean, you you can certainly try. Okay. Um. Basically, I go up to him with the move with the seventy-five feet I have and uh, try and hit him. All right. As you see Crowen running up with a sap, Tarush, what do you do? Um. Tarush <laughs> stands there. Wait. So let me check what the range in my uh, electric arc would actually be. Um, 30 feet. So, I think maybe I could... Well, do I have line of sight if I go down the stairs? Four squares? Uh, same, same thing for you. So, because he has a three-quarters cover, he will have a plus five on his reflex save. Uh... But he's wet, so he uh, would have a plus four in total. Yeah, but also I don't know if I can, like, bring him down. How much damage do we do? Not a lot. Um, uh, yeah, well, a lot. Crowen did a lot of damage against him. Really? Oh, my yeah. bad, my bad. Um, in that case, yeah, why not give it a go? One, two, three, four. So I would end up here, um, and I will just try. 
Because okay. Tarush, honest to God, honest to the gods, refuses to go any closer to the latrines. <laughs> nice. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> it seems that the gods are with me at least a little bit this day, because that is a natural 18 on his yeah. uh, reflex save. That it becomes a 29. Yeah, that's a critical success even. So I do nothing as the... Uh, <laughs> as we we smell a lot of burning feces, yeah. actually. Like uh, the smell of burning ozone with burning feces is is an assault on all of your senses. So Tarush just <laughs> zaps in there. There's this little explosion. And he just goes, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? Because you had to vocalize all of your incantations, you don't only smell it, you can taste a little bit as well. And I'm done for today. Can I attend my attack then, or...? Uh... Yeah, Crowen, you, you run up, and yeah. as you come towards this guy, you try to smack him, and he just glares up at you. <clears throat> and let's go of the sack. And you can hear a little bit down in the distance just... <clears throat> as he falls in the sewage system of far water. And you are left by yourselves in this house. Can I switch to my crossbow and shoot in the dark? <laughs> you you could. You could switch in, uh, you could switch to your crossbow and shoot in the dark, but you can already hear, like, because he fell down, there is uh, flowing water down there. So, oh. And then a little bit further on, he comes to. Bastard. <sighs> However, all of you, Heave, Ho, Crowen, the adrenaline begins to leave your body a little bit, and you can now feel the wounds that you have sustained by these creatures. The arrow point or the harpoon point actually is still in your shoulder, and you pull it out, and you can see that this is this gnarly piece of bone being cut in a way that it is like this, this um, whatchamacallit, this back hook on it. But it seems that you are victorious. I'm going to quickly go up and manacle the one I'm knocked unconscious. That seems like a good plan. Right. So, yeah, for the sake of this, let's uh, leave the battle map for what it was. Yeah. And Crowen, with the last few hit points that you have, you stumble up one, one hit point. Nice. You stumble back up. Get your manacles out, and while the last scum that is alive is still unconscious, you shackle him, making sure that once it comes to, it won't be leaving you anytime soon. <laughs> and there's a ghost sound. There's a ghost sound? Of a sad trombone. <laughs> I mean... With that ghost sound, there might be a little bit of um, missed opportunities here. But still, you guys are victorious. Nobody died, went down. We survived. Although it does seem that this one scum might remember all of you. Nice. Mm. I mean, I hope we left an impression. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think... I think Crow and Sap left quite an impression, or four, on his <laughs> temple. Nice. And... Like I will, I will say this thing as a little bit of metagaming. The next time you see this guy, he will have a fucked up eye because of it. Oh, oh, then we, then we definitely or, know it was the the same scum. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like that's that's the thing. You. That's the thing I really like to do to have like recurring villains or well, 
Yeah, let's he just see, gained a see. level from surviving. Oh, oh, All right. nice. Yeah, I, I, I say we get uh, looting the place and uh, we'll figure out the details of that. Yeah, right. yeah I, I say we start to investigate a bit. Yeah. Okay. I do try if there's magic items. I'm not going to tr go there yet because I don't want to be infected by a magical cursed item or something. So I'm just going to investigate on the papers first. Very well. So for the sake of this, for a little bit of expediency, uh, I would like all three of you to go ahead and make me a perception check, please. A uh, 14 for me. 14? 11. 11? Yeah. Uh, I use a hero point. I rolled a 2. Very well. And I upgraded to a 16, so 20 total. 20 total. Nice. All right. So, uh, multiple successes on your part. So... As you begin to rummage through this apartment, you begin to realize indeed that there were uh, a lot of squatters in this one house. Um, you find out that uh, they actually had a name for their uh, bachelor pad, uh, Bart's to be, because uh, on the street that they were situated, it was actually apartment two. Um, so with all that said, uh, Bart's to be was uh, the name they gave their establishment as they tried to make it big in the big city. Um, That's and at least beautiful. One of them, and at least one of them, Nissa No Name, didn't get that chance because eventually she got felled by the ringing. You do, however, uh, figure out that most of these papers that you find here are all different kinds of uh, music, poetry, and other performance pieces that these people that lived here had been riding together. And uh, they also had a, a little bit of magical knowledge between all of them, because you do find a, a couple of nice uh, added bonuses to your uh, repertoire. Uh, you find two scrolls that have been finished, one of Haunting Him and one of Gale Blast, which are uh, bard spells that can be used uh, in, in different offensive ways. Um, you also find that they had a, a couple of uh, potions and elixirs that might help them along their way. Um, a silver tongue mutagen that could actually improve their performance. Uh, nectar of purification can be used to uh, purify food and drink because, as you saw, this place is a little bit in disrepair. And that sort of stuff uh, might have come in handy to keep themselves alive. Next to that, an antidote and an elixir of life for when one of them could be, uh, well, felled by some disease or, or other ailment, although it didn't seem to uh, do the trick against the ringing. You do, however, find in the bags of loot that these scum took with them, that a lot of writing from Nissa had been taken along with them. Beginning mm -hmm. to think about how it was that certain, well, um, leads couldn't be followed by the local guardsmen and how the local guardsmen didn't really find any traces of what actually made this disease seeing these scum trying to take what seemed to be evidence of what had happened might be a nice little clue for all of you nice but as you begin to rummage through her writings um you see a lot of the same uh things in her journals and in writing that you also saw in the notes of the, the jailer when all of this began. Speaking of a ringing in the air that eventually turned into understanding of magics, and it seemed that Nyssa was the actual person that transcribed these two scrolls for her and the rest of her uh, troop, so to speak. 
However, there is one other thing that you also find in her notes. And that is that Nissa is speaking of another bard. A bard that, uh, well, teached her some, well, not so private lessons. Um, a person by the name of Yenny Carpenter. Another bard here in uh, Farwater that uh, just walked around and uh, did a lot of performances. But also brought new compositions to Nissa. Which is a little bit odd because the time that the ringing starts seems to coincide with when she met Yenny. And as all of you gather these things, you also begin to hear that from outside on the street, a small amount of commotion is being had as people are whispering amongst each other. Eventually someone shouts out, is anybody in there? And all of you quickly grab all of these belongings with yourself and then need to figure out how the hell you are going to leave this place. And that's where we'll end today's session. Ooh. Oh, I already have a few fun oh, ideas. Oh, I have a I have a pretty good idea as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Mine involves throwing a corpse out of a window. <laughs> mine, my, uh, mine involves uh, the corpse doing it itself. Well, you can also you can also just follow the scum back into the sewer system, I guess. But you also oh. still have you also still have a captive. Yeah. Within your midst. Oh God. So, yeah. So that is, that is going to be a little bit larger, so I'm afraid that we will uh, we will cut the stream short a couple of minutes this time. Oh, I'm just imagining awesome. them busting in and they find, like, I think it would be either Crowen or Tarush because of their breastplate, kind of just halfway stuck in the latrine, like, um... Shit! So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, something along those lines. Oh yeah, I, I still have one feeding too, so I have to grab my cookies because Ooh, yeah, people on the stream can not fed. see it, but you guys can. My cookies are right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll be it for us today. Um, I also wanted to uh, cut the stream short here because I I would love to have uh, Olam and uh, Edge also join into this fun of, of getting these uh, people out of trouble the next time. So yeah, it seems that the plot thickens and many different strands are being found. Our party members might be eluded a little bit, but who knows? They might find the uh, cause of all of this mischief and disease before long. Yeah, I'd say we, we got a lot oh, further yeah. than I expected in such a short amount of time, investigation-wise. I mean, I like to keep the, the plot running along. Don't you worry, there's a lot more to uncover. No, 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 no. I don't like that. It's our fault. We we did this, Spouter. It's not... Right, yes, you, you did all of this. <laughs> yeah. For now, though, we must take our leave. Another yeah. week awaits us where we have to turn back to the... real world. <sighs> so for now... Oh, that's also we love thing, you. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. If you like what you saw, we have uh, social media and also a Discord if you're not already a part of that. So uh, join us there and uh, talk about stupid shit. Uh, and otherwise, we hope to see you here next week where we continue this plot 
Hopefully with Crystal and Ave at the table as Olam and uh, Edge once again. So for now, enjoy the last hour of your weekend. Good luck this week. We love you. And hope to see you again. Bye. Bye. Bye.